Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Sam and Carly from right here in Manitoba. This unique couple are both farmers and paramedics and are on their third schoolie build. Sam is an amazing musician while Carly makes beautiful leather goods. From traveling with a stranger for six weeks to being welcomed into a Newfoundland squid jigging community, this couple loves being open to opportunities as they arise. It was minus 53 degrees Celsius with the wind chill this morning in Flin Flon, so I'm going to grab a warm beverage, curl up by the fire, relax, and I hope you enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. Uh, this week, I have some folks that are doing some pretty cool things, and they're also in Manitoba, which is close to home. They're about eight or nine hours from me south. So without further ado, I'll uh, have you folks introduce yourself. All righty. Uh, I'm Sam. Um, we uh, we just finished up building a, a bus for a friend of ours. That's what we've been doing the last little while anyways. And um, yeah, been basically farming most of my life in and around southern Manitoba. And yeah, that's about it, Carly. <laughs> okay, I'm Carly. I was born and raised in Manitoba, unlike Sam here. Yeah. Um, he's actually from England um, and moved here when he was 12. So yeah. he's a little different than us. <laughs> um, um, I grew up on a little farm in Manitoba and uh, I went to school for paramedics and worked um, as that for a few years until Sam and I bought our own farm. And then we upped and sold it a couple years ago, bought a school bus, lived in a school bus, working on a new school bus. <laughs> so Sam, what are some of the jobs that you would have done in the past? Um, I was basically a farmhand growing up all through high school up until about a few years ago. And then I did a little bit of construction and then I ended up going to school for paramedics. And right when I were finished, we were when I was finishing school. That's when we kind of made the decision to just. So you have a lot of skills that you've taken with you to uh, to build a schoolie, then. Yeah, I guess when uh, I always joke, when you're a a farmhand, you're always an apprentice welder, an apprentice electrician, an apprentice construct. Like, there's so many things you have to do on the farm, so. It definitely helps. That's yeah, a special with, uh, person on a farm. Work. They can do uh, pretty much everything and bake a cake. So, yeah. <laughs> Carlene, did you folks yeah, meet while you were studying to be par paramedics or? Uh, no, Sam actually moved. When he moved to Canada, his family moved three miles away from my family. And so where we're from, that's like neighbors. So we met in high school um, and then we were both on the volunteer fire department or no, sorry, Sam was on the volunteer fire department when I took paramedics. So he's done a lot of first aid and stuff like that too. And then once I started kind of working, he decided. And to Sam, I noticed when I uh, saw your stuff on social media or for the two of you, your, uh, your official plate is your firefighting plate. Yeah, we, uh, well, yeah, we, we get a lot, lot stuff. <laughs> we get a lot less tickets that way. So, so why paramedics, uh, Carly? Why did you get into that field? 
you know, I've always, I don't know, I've always wanted to do something more in the medical field, I would say, and a nurse never appealed to me. Um, and then a friend of mine was taking um, an emergency medical response course, which is just like a two week. Um, it's like a first aid on steroids kind of thing. So I, um, Sam and I actually took that course together one winter um, just to try that out. And I really liked it. Um, and all the teachers were paramedics. So then that's kind of how I got So Carly, what skills do you think you brought to the construction of the bus from jobs and experience that you've done in the past? Sorry. Um, I, <laughs> I like to destroy things. She really likes to destroy things. So demo was was a good one, <laughs> for sure. Um, but I've done a lot of my own building stuff just around the farm and at home. Um, I built a lot of our own furniture for our house. And um, so construction kind of, we basically did the whole wow. build together. Carly, could you tell us <laughs> a little okay. bit about the bus? Well, so the bus I'm talking about now is Old George. We actually just sold him in December. Um, so he's no longer with us and we're building a new one right now. But George was in 97 International. Um, seven window. Seven window. So kind of mid-sized yep. bus. Which perfect size. Perfect size bus because honestly we could fit him in a parking spot still. So super nice. Um we got him, we actually found him on Kijiji about an hour away from us. Um, so it was, ended up being like the most perfect, perfect bus for us. Um, well, and we got him from the head mechanic of the school division. So it, <laughs> it was a pretty good buy. Yeah, he was running. Really so good Sam, there. you found somewhere to put your drum kit? Uh, yeah, we actually managed to squeeze an entire drum kit under the bed. It was, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't planned, but this next build would definitely have a... So then, Sam, there. tell us a little bit about the uh, bus that you have now that you're rebuilding. Yeah, so that one is, um, it's a, actually an eight window. Um, it's a 2000 Bluebird uh, GM. It's, where, where are we right now? We're, it's basically a shell with a subfloor is as close as I could say right now. We've got a lot of the exterior stuff on because we wanted to do that before we seal in the interior. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of building that whole bus around a leather music studio kind of thing. Something we did And now, you know, around your area in Southern Winnipeg, it's pretty chilly. Where are you working on the bus? Yeah, we got we got super lucky. Um, Carly's brother has a heated shop on his property, and they only take up about half of the shop. So we were able to squeeze the bus in the back half, and we've been working there. Ah, wow, you're spoiled! What a pleasure. We are, we are very spoiled. Yeah, very lucky. So, in the run of an average day, how many hours would you put into the build? Um, anywhere from eight to nine, usually like we're, we're pretty fortunate right now. Um, we're planning on just working seasonally in the summer. So we have a lot of time to work on whatever we want to work on. 
Yeah, we're pretty much putting in we're putting in full weeks at the bus, usually about forty to fifty hours. Yeah. So hopefully we can have it done wow. by springtime. Is yeah. the plan? And the working seasonally would be the farming. Mm -hmm. uh, we're actually planning on heading to BC for the summer, um, and getting like a camp host campground cool. job. Mm -hmm. And then we're gonna hopefully combine that with. Um, starting a new leather business. So I started a small leather business about a year ago. Um, I didn't do much with it. I just kind of started making a few things and then the bus builds kind of took over, um, got a little too busy. So we're hoping to pick that back up in summertime when we're more stationary at a campground or- So in the bus, you build that into the design. So like your sewing machine and all your tools that you need for the leather work? Basically, um, all our hand, all our leather goods are hand stitched um, by us. So really, we just need a couple workbenches. Um, so I'll have my own workspace, and then Sam has his own work desk slash studio area because he has a keyboard, drums, a few guitars that he's bringing on the road as well. Um, he's think likes to make music and he's looking into starting some youtube eventually so it so. sounds like you folks spend a lot of time in tandy leather and long and mcquaid yep <laughs> mine as well especially tandy yeah. leather right i do some leather work i make uh moose eyed leather gauntlet mitts um and i do appreciate the the leather work that you oh, folks wow. do it's quite intricate and and uh quite nice and on your website, do you have a place um, for people to purchase your leather work or music work? Um, we're still kind of getting that all going. We're kind of in the prep stages right now. And we're hoping to launch a website and cool. stuff come summertime. Yeah, we'll probably have more websites. You get to settle in during the winter and yeah. during your uh, evenings, you can work on stuff, eh? When it's cold. All right, so yeah. so you folks have traveled quite extensively. Yeah, sure. um, maybe you could give us an idea of an adventure. Uh, maybe one from each of you, uh, and we'll start with Sam. What's an adventure that you folks would have had with Old George? Uh, <laughs> there is which one? So many to choose from. <laughs> I guess we could go with Sash. Go for it. So we were in Montreal and a couple walked by the bus, just kind of said hi and checked it out. And we got talking and the guy was from Australia and he was hitchhiking his way across Canada and he was looking for a ride to Newfoundland. And so we were like, well, we're going to Newfoundland tomorrow morning. Like we were planning on beelining it right from Montreal straight to the coast. And so we ended up giving him a ride. And on the way there, we were talking and he's like, I got to be back in Montreal in about six weeks time. And we're like, well, we have to be back in Montreal around in six weeks time. So we ended up traveling with him for, yeah, six weeks. Six full weeks. Six full weeks around Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Newfoundland. Six foot four guy. Six foot four bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just jacked. Yep. It was, uh, that in itself was an adventure. Well, and we'd only been traveling for two weeks when we met him. So 
the day he left, we, were, we didn't know what to do because we would we've been traveling longer with him than without him. So it, it uh, yeah, there was lots of good. So is that part of your uh, squid fishing story? <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, he was there for quite an experience, eh? Yep. Yes. Maybe Carly can tell you that one. Well, that whole day was. That was probably the one of the craziest twenty four hours of our life. The day we went squid jigging, so it uh the morning uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. The morning started off. We were on uh one of the coasts of Newfoundland. We went for a morning kayak because it was like one of the few places we'd found that was calm enough to launch our kayaks. Um, so we went for like a sunrise kayak, and we weren't very far out of the bay. Um, and all of a sudden, these um giant fin whales came up. And we're swimming like around us um, all morning. Yeah, for a few hours. Which was just crazy. And there ended up being a shark in the waters as well on our way back in. Jumped right in front of Carly's kayak. <laughs> yeah, and then right underneath Sam's. So it was like pretty wild. And then the hurricane was coming. Um, supposed to come that weekend. So we were looking for a spot to kind of park for a few days because um, the high winds and everything. We literally stopped at a convenience store for some sour cream, like last minute, ran into this woman who was kind of tipsy <laughs> in her 50s yeah. and was like, you guys uh, gone squidging? And we're like, we didn't even know what that was at that point. We didn't know if that was a place, if it was a person, if it was, we didn't know what it was. But we were very in the moment of like, we say yes to adventure. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where we were in our travels. So we went down to the docks with this lady and she brought all the fishing rods and the whole town was down there, like just catching squid all night long. Yeah. So long story short, we ended up at her house for four days. Yeah, four days. Drinking, eating squid. She made us jigs dinner, the classic Newfoundland jigs dinner. Yeah. And, and just wild. Yeah, it was a, a fun <laughs> weekend. Very unexpected. But yeah. those are the best. Uh, like the unexpected is the best. Travel. Now, did they uh, show you or talk to you about how they used to do squid jigging in the olden days with the small dory boats and they would crank the handle and the squid would come up and the ink would spray all over the people and you'd have to wear your uh, your uh, slicker, your rain slicker? Oh, I didn't realize no, you were fishing them from the dock. That. Squid jigging is disgusting. Yeah. And if there's anyone out yeah. there from Newfoundland listening, I watched a documentary <laughs> on the... Uh, National Film Board there a few weeks ago, and they have these barrel cranks with jigs on them, and you crank, 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 and you'll get, you know, 50 coming up, and they'll just be, like, shooting up out of the water, and as soon as they get out of the water, they spray the rink, and you're covered in this ink juice for the rest of your fishing experience in this dory in the middle of the ocean. Oh, yeah, that doesn't so. sound so glamorous. <laughs> we were on we were on such a high dock that usually by the time you reeled them up, they had squirted all their ink out, so it Very wasn't good. a complete mess at least. But it was a different experience. We got to we got to gut the squid and cooked it up. How does it taste? Yeah, and it was it was fun, delicious. If it's done right, it's so good. Oh my goodness, best yeah. squid we've ever had. Excellent. So. Being across the country, Newfoundland, running into Australians and randomly picking them up for six weeks, uh, you must have had mishaps along the way. Maybe, uh, Carly, can you tell us about a mishap that you would have had? You know, we, we for the most part, were pretty lucky. 
George was a very reliable bus. Um, he didn't break down on us once over our travels. Um, I'd say the biggest mishap we had was probably a blown tire. And the worst that came out of that was we called a company who did roadside tires and he had it done in an hour and we were back on our way. Um, yeah, it wasn't. We, we were honestly, we were very fortunate that way. Yeah. So we did all of our uh, bus maintenance ourselves um, as we traveled, yeah. which I guess helps. I don't know. So now we're you're both fortunate. trained in being paramedics uh, and fire department. Uh, you've must have come across an injury of somebody along the way where you could utilize those skills. Yeah, um, we ended up at Schooly Palooza. It did, yeah. Uh, have you heard of that? It's yeah. So we ended up going to Schooly Palooza on our way through, and um, one night we uh, we heard someone walking around going, "Where are those paramedics? Where are the paramedics at?" I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I and it was it wasn't too bad. Um, a friend of ours had uh, cut into a, a mango, I think. And slice his hand open. He's a having bit. a midnight mango snack. Yeah. Cut his hand open. And he just wanted to know if he needed stitches or not. Yeah. So, so thankfully, nothing. We hadn't needed to use our skills. Yeah, too avocado much. hand and mango hand. They can be pretty, uh, pretty dangerous things to cut. Yeah. All right. Indeed. So you're building a new bus. I don't know if you're going to use the old George name or if you're going to have a new name for your bus. Um, but what's something that you would consider doing differently uh, in this new bus that you're building? Um, yeah. Um, so one thing that we are more conscious about this time is uh, our power consumption. Like we've got a much bigger solar system set up for this one. Um, but that being said, we had a small setup with George and the way we traveled with him, we were able to function quite well yeah. with our only like our 200 watts of solar. But we also charged while we drove as well. And with this rig, we're planning on being stationary for longer terms. Um, so that's why we went with a bigger solar setup for this one. Um, yeah, other than like building our bus around our workspace instead of trying to fit that into George. Like we built George to be an adventure rig. Like we were just traveling with it. So we weren't planning and starting any sort of business or anything out of them. So. So is the yeah. idea that you will live out of the next spot? Yep. That's the plan for the next one. Yep. This is going to be a more longer term um, living we say that, but who knows how many years till we build our next one. Yeah. But we're building this one hopefully more for long-term living. Yeah. Where George, we built just to do a little one year. So do you think you would live year. in the southern states where it's warmer during our colder winters, or would you insulate the bus so that it's conducive for living in the Canadian cold climate? Uh, we did up our insulation a bit on this one we're doing like furred out walls with double layers of insulation just in case you know COVID is still going on and we have to spend winter in Canada but that being said we didn't go crazy on the insulation no nothing but we are putting a bigger wood stove in this bus and a diesel heater as a backup heat source yeah in case we are in more colder winters 
And what about windows? Are you leaving all the windows in or do you take any of them out? Yeah, we took a, f we took a few out. Um, oh, five, maybe? Five windows out, yeah. So there is a little less windows in this one. But we like to keep as much of the bus integrity as we can. Yeah. With it, so, and as much light. Now on Old George, you had a rooftop deck. Is that something that you're gonna put on or are you able to do it with the amount of solar that you're gonna have? Oh yeah, no, that was one of the first things we did was the rooftop deck, that's already on. Yeah, she's <laughs> built, she's ready to party. Yeah. And <laughs> when you were in Montreal, have you heard of the uh, yeah. Mixed Bus Studios? I've heard of it now. Um, I hadn't heard of it when we were Yeah, there. you should check them out. They have a, uh, one bus has a recording studio and a concert venue. On the top, they have a deck that's all fenced in that they can drive to and have concerts on the top of the bus. Um, and they have another bus that they travel and live out of. Yeah, so as- That's very cool. Yeah, as a musician, we'll it's, uh, it's pretty cool to, to see. So what about yourself, Carly? Is there anything that uh, you would consider doing differently for this bus? Hmm. I don't know. Like, it's it's a very different vibe in this bus, I would say, like, just layout-wise. Um, but the things that I want, I don't know, have changed much. Like, the kitchen is the same size. Um, but we were really happy with the size we had in George originally. But what I do like about our new bus setup is we'll have more of our own spaces. So, cause I have my own work desk at the back of the bus and Sam has his own more at the front of the bus. So it gives us a little bit more space to do our own thing. As much space as you can have yeah. now. <laughs> in 20 feet. Yeah, yeah, in 20 feet, yeah. Um, but I think that will be a nice part of it because when you live in such close quarters and you share the same area all the time, it's nice to have a little bit of For your sure. own space. So that's, I'm, I'm excited. So Sam, what do you think about for advice for people out there that are, you know, just dabbling in creating a schoolie or a, a coach boss? Uh, what's a piece of advice you would give them? Mm. On the, like for the- Or just in general, yeah. What's, general. what's a piece that you would offer to somebody just starting out? Uh, um in general i'd say if you once you're done go to newfoundland with it <laughs> that's it's yeah that was the highlight of our schoolie adventures so far is go to newfoundland it's definitely worth the trip over there thank you and uh carly what would you give for a piece of advice for the folks out there Maybe just that it's a, it's a lot of work to convert a bus, um, but it's definitely worth it. Like the experiences that you get traveling a, in Canada is beautiful. People are so accommodating. And then traveling in a bus is just something so special. I find like anywhere you go, you meet so many people because they're so interested in your bus. Um, and then you mix that with like, you meet more locals and the things opportunities you get because of the way you're traveling is truly incredible. Thank you. So Carly, what do you see for the future? 
a lot of bus life i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's you know it's hard to look into the future especially when the world changes so quickly apparently um but for us when we set out on this adventure a big part of it was we wanted to travel the world not just north america in a bus so as much as we say we want to live in the bus long term we also want to do a lot of traveling overseas so hopefully once that becomes more of an opportunity again that's what a lot of our future do you think is. you would ever take this bus and travel the world with it I mean, we've talked about it. <laughs> we've looked into shipping costs to Europe. But, you know, traveling out there with something so large. Is I'm yet to have anybody on the podcast that has I traveled around the world in a bus. So you folks, if you do it, then you're going to be on the podcast again. There we go. <laughs> I, I was thinking about the same thing and I put it out there on one of the forums. And one of the pieces of information that came back to me was that because a lot of European cities are designed with nor, uh, uh, tighter uh, corridors, that it's challenging to drive a bus. Uh, you know, a 40-foot bus would be challenging, but your bus that's a little bit smaller, um, it might be completely fine. It's, it is quite tempting. <laughs> it would be, it'd be so unique. Um, that in itself would be, you'd probably meet some crazy people over there. It, well, and just the fact that you're taking your home, like overseas, like, it, yeah, it, it does have some. Do the uh, Pan American <laughs> Highway from Alaska to Panama and then ship it over to South Africa and come up to England and then travel across? Mm. It'd be amazing. That would be, yeah, that would be sweet. That would right? be a pretty good goal. Yeah, we definitely want to hit up. Definitely want to hit up Baja sometime. Do like the west coast down from Vancouver and head into Baja. Chronicle it. Get some sponsors. Yeah. Write a book. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How I took my house yeah. to Europe, <laughs> Volume One. <laughs> and to Africa. Yeah. We've talked about driving down Africa in a van or something. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. In a bus would be a be even sketchier i think that's been pretty cool i've been reaching out on different forums to connect with people from around the world that are building schoolies uh to compare just what we're doing here in canada to tell that story and it's amazing the the people that are out there that are creating schoolies in australia all throughout europe and south america if you get a chance to google schoolies in el salvador they are mind-blowing they really soup these things up to look like Oh, they're just amazing. They're really cool to see. El Salvador schoolies. I've checked. I've checked that out. I love looking at schoolies from different countries, though, because the buses are are just so different. Um, like a lot of the Australian ones, like they just have so much of a different style in the bus, which is it's very unique. On the double deco ones. Yeah. And there was a couple on. I don't know if you listen to any of the podcasts, but there was a couple on, and they had a youth hostel in their schoolie for four years. And they traveled all throughout Europe. They had six beds in it. And they would travel with people for a week or two, I think it was. You'd pay a fee. And they would take you all around Europe and Scandinavian countries in the hostel and live and travel. It was a pretty cool story and, and a gig that they had set up. Yeah. That, that's a lot of different ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
it's yeah limitations are so you folks have been doing this for a while you're learning a lot online um carly who would you recommend a few people that uh, are in your network that others would follow Do you it can, want it can be anything you desire. Okay, because we've met, I mean, we've met a lot of different schoolies on the road. Um, not too many from Canada, I would say, but we did a lot of our traveling in the States. Um, friends of ours that we made just this year, though, um, that are, they're currently in BC, BC in Fernie area is Little Gus the Bus. Um, and they're originally from Ontario and living full-time in their school bus. Well, and Marie's from France originally. Yeah, and Marie's, too. yeah, she's, a, one of them's actually from France. So it's, they're very... And they are going to be on the podcast later on in the year. Yep. Oh, nice. All right. Very right cool. On. Yeah, they're, they're really awesome. Um, other friends of ours, they're no longer traveling in their bus, but they still have it. Um, is They're called Camp Lovesick. Um, they're two girls from Southern Ontario yep. um, who traveled around in their bus and now they're converting a couple campers. Yeah, they've done a couple of camper renos and yeah, yeah which is very cool. Yep. Um, really, there's, there's so many there's, schoolies. Yeah, there is. Really. Uh, home rollers. Yeah, we're friends with, um, I think you yep. had them on the podcast, home rollers. Yeah, um, we met them when we were at school. And they are yeah. from. So they're very. Are they from Newfoundland? Oh yes, I'm thinking of um, yeah, us and Gus the bus. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So many. <laughs> yeah. So many. Yeah. All right. So Sam. What would you offer for some final words for the folks out there? Some words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Um, let's see. I guess always leave yourself open for the unexpected because that's when you meet the best people and you get the best stories and have the best experiences. That's probably one of the things I could impart wisdom on <laughs> over the over what, what we've done so and far. carly what about you words of wisdom just go out there and have a good time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't have a lot of good wisdom on me but I so how long have you folks been doing the, the schoolie piece Well, we left um, in George the first time in July, August of 2019. Yeah. And then we lived in him until we, until the last summer. And then, yeah. We, so we basically spent a year in our first bus. But and then since then, we've built another bus for a friend. Yeah. And then are building our own bus. You guys are dedicated to this. Wow. It's a lot and great for your relationship too, right? You're working together to solve problems and, you know, solve conflict and to enjoy the good times at the, while it's all happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just a statement that's when you're living in, you know, you're in a relationship, you're in a confined space, you really have to work on your 
um, you know, your skills of getting along and giving back and open space. And yeah, there's a lot of give and take that's there. Not everybody can do it. Yeah, there's, there sure is. So what would be the age bracket that uh, you folks will be in? Well, like, are you in your 20s, your 30s, your 50s, your 70s? Because there's a lot of people that are out there from a variety of ages that are doing these cool ideas. Yeah. We're uh, we're late 20s. Actually, you know what? Mid to late 20s. So you got lots of experience in your back pocket and lots of forward momentum to, uh, to go with your next bus. Oh yeah, we we can't uh, we can't wait to get on the road again. It's it can't. Did you ever out. meet somebody who has made more than like three or four buses in their life while you're at like Schooly Palooza or any other festivals? Um, I, most people said they they've done one and now they're done. Um, the uh, we, the see we didn't really hang out with them a lot, but we did meet them uh, the wrong way home. I think they're on their fifth bus now. Yeah. I think the fifth bus. They've done a lot. They do almost one a year. Yeah. And they're awesome. They're they're really cool looking buses. Well, this is the third for you folks, so that's uh that's quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah, I exactly. Like it. So how Sorry, can folks reach out to you? Uh whether it's to buy leather goods or uh to listen to some music or how can people get a hold of you? Um, really through Instagram is probably our best right now. Um, just at flat out travelers, which could possibly be changing in the future. But for now, that's what we're at. Perfect. What we're sticking with for now is flat out travelers. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. Um, are probably the best way. And then come springtime, we'll be launching our website and yeah, that's where you'll get all the updates. Basically. You guys are busy. Of things to come. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sure you have another five projects on the go for the rest of the day. It's only early. <laughs> so, all right. So yeah, one last question. What about so. work-wise? Like, I'm, I'm really intrigued about these folks that, and like yourself, you're out on the road and you're traveling and, and working. What does that look like for you guys? Is it just like seasonal work that you do or the leather work? It's, how does that work for you guys for jobs? Yeah, so um, the first little bit, we were basically just living off of our what we sold everything for. Like we sold our house and yard and stuff. So that got us through a lot of it. And most of our possessions. Yep. Yeah. And then over the summer, we built, we did a custom build for a friend of ours, um, which gave us a little bit. And then going into the summer, um, yeah, basically just a seasonal work, save up a little bit and get our leather business going and hopefully that can sustain us on the road. The nice thing is that living in a bus can be a very affordable way of living and we don't need a lot to get yeah. by. We like to eat. That's probably our main expense. Yeah, we, we like good food. We like good food. We like cooking good food. We like going out for good food. And have you guys read any books? Like I'm reading right now the 40 hour or the four hour work week. Like have you read any books that guide you in regards to what you're doing 
Um, yes and yes and no. Like uh, we have we have the yeah. Yeah, that's Tim Ferriss, right? Four hour work week. Yeah, yeah, I've read that one. Um, yeah, I guess another I, another YouTuber that kind of got me interested in like minimalism is he on uh, uh, Netflix? Do they have that, that series? He, oh, yes, he just came out with a, a minimalist documentary. That's his second one now. Mm-hmm. And he does a, a YouTube channel and it's all about minimalism and things like that. And that got, really got me inspired too, to yeah, you really uh, readjust your mindset to see what's of value and what's not of value and what you need and the income that you need to make in order to live the life that you want. It really puts it into perspective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like we might live with, very little but we're just as happy i would say happier than we were before and the freedom this for lifestyle sure gives us. being able to take we time out of your schedule to do a podcast exactly all yeah. right yeah, well then sure. go enjoy the rest of your day in the snowy manitoba winter all right thanks sam yeah. thanks carly i greatly appreciate it and uh we'll talk to you again soon thanks and if you're ever in Flynn uh come and visit. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Bye-bye. Sure. Right on. Okay. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, or follow us on Instagram or YouTube under acanadianschoolie. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to one another.